1: Bon Beanie, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I'm Matt.
2: And I'm Kimbra. And we
1: have a fun episode for you tonight because we have a special guest, one of our favorite people. And might I say he is going to be on the group cruise. The
2: group cruise.
1: (laughs) That's your segue.
2: Well, Matt, speaking of the group cruise. The group cruise. The group cruise. Hey, did you know? That we have a group cruise going out next march 2023 on the carnival pride out of tampa do we we do do we now? guess where it's going um i don't know let me tell you it's going to grand cayman roatan belize and cozumel
1: that is awesome that sounds like a great group cruise
2: i know and it's going out of our hometown
1: tampa that means there's possible places we can do things beforehand that didn't that sentence didn't work <laughs> do you know how this cruise can be booked uh i think you can email fantastic travel at gmail.com you're
2: right you can email fantastic travel at gmail.com to go on our group cruise that bad acting was not planned <laughs> nope we should do it like that every week oh
1: god <laughs> no <laughs> No, thank you, Stacey. Hello, Ken, Kenny, Kenny, Kenneth, Kenny, Kenneth, what do you prefer? I never know what to say, Kenny or Kenneth. And then <laughs> I called you Ken, which is t- completely different and probably totally wrong. So yes. Uh, yes, book the group cruise. Scott Saltzman, who is the professor travel, who is our special guest tonight, is, uh, and Kimber's like, spoiler, and I'm like, he's on the thumbnail. Uh, he is going to be on this group cruise with his husband, and they are lovely people, as well as Meg, who is in the uh, in the crowd here. Do we have any other people that are going on the group cruise? That are in Todd. Our- Todd.
2: Todd is going on the group cruise. You know who's not going on the group cruise that's in this uh, chat? We have. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm oh,
1: sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. You said, we said Meg, right? My mom, yeah. Miss Miss Sandy Shelsky, Mama Sandy. And where is she? Mallory and that's... Andrew.
2: Yes. And anyone that we did not say is not going what? yet. Anybody that's in the chat right now. So oh, oh, in the say, chat I'm like there's a people going. Yet.
1: I'm like making sure we didn't miss anybody here.
2: <laughs> but they could book fantastic travel at gmail.com.
1: Okay. That's enough of the commercial. Okay I think we should we should stop with the commercial. But Any,
2: anything else you want to talk about?
1: Um, so no, I don't think so. Let's just let's just get into it.
2: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fine. No, here no it is.
1: point wasting time. Are you ready?
2: I'm ready. Are was, you ready? I was born ready. Are you ready? <laughs> I think he's ready. <laughs> I am ready.
1: You are ready.
2: <laughs>
1: well, hello, Professor Travel, or as we like to call you, Scott. Uh, Please do, or, or Professor Travel. Are you only Professor Travel to your? You no, know, are you only Scott to your friends?
0: No, I am. I am Scott to everybody, <laughs> including my <laughs> students in the classroom. So
1: ah ah ah. Uh, now you are a uh, you are a college professor, correct?
0: I am. I am. I teach uh, global business management and international business strategies.
1: So do you just go by Scott or do you go by like?
0: No, no, no. I, yeah, yeah, I, (laughs) I go by Scott. I don't like it when people like talk to like, when they start to call me professor or something like that, I'm like, come on, please. I'm not that old.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like I always have the kids. I always introduce myself as Mr. Matt, so I I kind of that's where I find my like middle ground. I don't call myself Mr. Allen because that's my dad, but I call myself Mr. Matt. And then, and if it's older kids, like I, I worked with a group of of uh, kind of upper uh, middle school to high school today, and then and then I'll say, "Hey guys, my name is Matt. You can call me Matt or Mr. Matt, whichever you prefer," because I feel weird yeah it gets it's like I,
0: I i had a situation where i started college just like really super fast um segue here when i started college i had a professor like it was my second class and she said oh please refer to me as dr such and such i'm like Ooh. okay well that's high and so yeah. the next the next instructor right after that she said no no no, refer to me as norma i'm like well don't you know don't you want to be referred to as doctor or something or other and she's like no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good with myself. I don't need to worry about that. And that's kind of how I feel. So I'm like, you know what? I'm good. I just chill.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, that's been my experience. Cause I, I, I get to, we get to know people that have PhDs and stuff at the aquarium and, and in other parts of my life. And the ones who are usually like, don't call me doctor are the ones who are probably you should call doctor, but, <laughs> but they're like, they're like, ah. I'm good. I'm good. Now now there's, uh, anyway, I don't want to offend anybody. There might be somebody who's very proud of earning that doctorate and I don't want to offend them, but.
2: And they've earned uh, it. You know, good for them. The, Qu- absolutely. question i see your shirt is that a professor travel shirt it, it is. is a professor
1: travel is shirt. that that's merch a...
2: that, that we can purchase
0: um not quite yet but i would okay. like to bring some on the group cruise that we're Ooh. going to be having so that way i can give it away to people who might be interested that's just cool. so it might be something worth coming to if that's something that they might want to do
1: i just want you to know scott that i chose the purple background because i thought it really complemented the orange <laughs> of your shirt
0: it's perfect. <laughs> it's absolutely perfect. You, you like are that. a showstopper. You know it down to a science. I mean,
1: the teal would have been good, too. I mean, I'm a fan of teal and orange, but but the purple just, I think, really pops with the orange. Cute.
2: We have the three colors. We have the teal, the purple, and the black. And I was switching through, and I was like, which one do you think is appropriate for tonight?
1: <laughs> I mean, it was Halloween and black. But <laughs> well, that's otherwise, true. Otherwise, no. Purple or teal, either yeah. one is good. It's good to go. So, okay. So, we brought you on here tonight. Of course, to talk about your recent cruise, which is special for so many reasons. One, it's your first cruise in the Caribbean, not your first cruise by any stretch of the imagination. You have cruised in a lot of places, but your first cruise in the Caribbean and out of Puerto Rico, which is really cool. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, that's the episode.
1: (laughs) Thank you very
0: much, Matt. I appreciate it. (laughs) Right, right,
1: right. So, so there's so many things about your cruise that I'm very curious about. Um, For a start, let's just start at the beginning. Um, You, you flew into Puerto Rico from, you went California, Miami, Puerto Rico?
0: That is exactly correct. Yeah, okay. and I got we got a chance to do business class from LAX to Ooh. Miami, which was really impressive. Nice. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, and then we got we got into Puerto Rico, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah, we got into Puerto Rico. Uh, right out of the airport, it was it was beautiful weather. I enjoyed it. It Kind of reminds me of Hawaii, actually, in many oh. ways. Okay. Um, and so we we went to a nice little boutique hotel for the evening. And the next morning, we were going to get up go over to uh, the, the the location, the um, facility where both a Norwegian cruise line as well as a Royal Caribbean was stationed at. We were actually heading out of the Royal Caribbean dock. Um, and so we had to get our tests done beforehand. And we were like, okay, well, let's just go to the dock. We'll take the tests there for COVID, which they were able to facilitate. It wasn't that expensive. And then we were able to go on board the ship.
1: So, okay. So I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that's a good sign that I'm not thinking about that anymore, but uh, hopefully that will keep being like that. But, but, uh, but yeah. So, so you had to get tested once you got to Puerto Rico.
0: Yeah, there was, it was kind of a weird scheduling issue that I had where it was like, I think it was with Royal Caribbean. They require that you have 72, uh, like you have to be tested within like 48 hours or 72 hours or something like that. And it just, we were flying at a way where my current health provider wasn't going to be able to guarantee that I was going to be able to get the results in a timely okay. manner. Okay. So knowing that I was like, okay, you know what? Never mind. I'm just going to go to the docs, get it done there, pay a hundred bucks, whatever, and then just deal with it. And they were very accommodating.
1: So the port provided that service. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, pay the money and, and ease the nerves. Definitely. I could see that would be worth it for sure <laughs> to do that. And And obviously you passed with flying colors cause you were able to go on Your cruise. So you didn't spend a lot of time in Puerto Rico before your cruise, though. You got here, you spent one evening, and then you got up the next morning, and you got tested, and you got on the cruise ship?
0: Correct. And I want to preface this also in another aspect, too, which was really kind of an interesting case study. My partner is vegan. And so the first night, we were having a lot of problems finding vegan food where we were staying and so they were getting cranky and so i was like okay i really hope royal caribbean has something on their ship which turns out they actually have a full vegan menu in their in their uh, main dining hall and so that's fantastic and even if like you go to the uh uh uh, what do you call it the buffet area they can go over to uh johnny rockets and they can get a a veggie burger
1: oh that's cool yeah yeah that's awesome. So Puerto Rico is a little difficult to find vegan fare?
0: At least at the specific location that we were at. So okay. when you leave the airport and you go up to the main highway area, uh you can either turn left in order to go into like the old San Juan area which is where the docks are located at, or mm-hmm. you can go right which takes you into kind of this inlet area where there is a couple of hotels and it's really that's where we ended up staying the first night is we ended up okay. staying there and then when we came back we actually did stay in Old San Juan, and that was a lot better for us to be able to find some vegan opportunities. Okay, here. I was going to say because
1: Old San Juan, I is I know they, there's a lot of restaurants, but I don't. I'm not super familiar with all the Puerto Rican cuisine to know like what kind of options they have and stuff. But I but I would think in Old San Juan there would hopefully be more options. It sounds like the hotel just didn't really accommodate that. Yeah, very well,
0: that, yeah, it was a, it was a challenge the first time. It's, it's
1: good to know. It's good that's good to know for people that are visiting, that are vegan or even vegetarian. It might be challenging then to find, you know, meals for you. But yeah, that I I know I knew that Royal Caribbean did that, and I think Carnival does the same thing. I I would assume and hope that most of the cruise lines do. I know that's something that Virgin does well. You hear me, ripping Virgin, but I, I will <laughs> give them I will give them credit where credit is due. Um, I am rooting for them. So, yeah, that that is awesome. And, and I actually I'm not vegan, but um, I am a huge fan of Indian food yeah. and that is typically vegan or at least vegetarian. And so I'm I'm always excited to go on Royal Caribbean because they have they usually have a lot more Indian food than um, other cruise lines in my experience
0: the cruise we went on in december so prior to this cruise we were on norwegian which we loved by the way and it was fantastic but they had a little bit of a different situation there where you had to tell them in advance that you were wow. vegan and not i mean not even with the booking but like every night beforehand that way they could take a look at the menu they can kind of t- tailor it to you and stuff like that which is fine but it's kind of nice to just be able to after a long day of excursions sit down in the main dining hall and look at a menu and say, hey, I can eat everything on here. So that worked really well for Kevin.
1: Right, right. The best way to accommodate people is to not have it feel like an accommodation. Exactly. Right? So, so cater to people that have these different dietary preferences and stuff and, and don't make them feel like they are have some kind of special need, but just, just give them options, which is great. That's cool. So yeah,
2: I'm going to go get a refill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Kimber's excited because she found her seeing Augustine wine at a local uh, Total Wine store tonight. That sort of happened uh, on a weird whim, but uh, okay. So, so you're you're in Puerto Rico. You get the test. You get on the ship. Which ship is it? I know it's Royal Caribbean, but it's the Explorer of the Seas. Which, let me just say, I know um, our friend Tony Dials often consumes this podcast, and he is getting ready to go on that ship. We're actually going to do a tour of that ship with Tony in a few weeks. Because um, he's excited, he wanted us to do a ship tour, and we're like, we're gonna not only we're we gonna do a ship tour, Tony, you're coming on the episode with us. So, <laughs> and he kindly agreed to that. Um, so, tell us a little bit about embarkation and just about the ship.
0: So, the embarkation process seemed a little bit long because at every stage during this process, they were they were checking your COVID information, they were making sure that you had everything um, before you got onto the ship. So, I want to say there was five checkpoints as you were starting to go through this so they had a checkpoint at the line they had a checkpoint at customs they had a checkpoint at uh before you got up on the escalator <laughs> so the embarkation process was a little bit longer than we like but i'm happy that at least i felt safe on the ship knowing that everybody had been tested and had to be like within a certain time frame um the things that really stood out to me right away um because i always do this little tour of the ship to find out and you know, explore see what's going on the promenade which is where all the shopping is on the ship was really point and center, right in the center of the ship. It was really kind of cool. And then um the atrium area was like one of those old tiny, like really high level, like nine story atriums. That was just, it was gorgeous. I love that's it. really It was breathtaking.
1: That's the thing I miss about newer ships is that they kind of have, some of them have gotten away from that. And I, and I kind of begrudge them that a little bit. I I, I enjoy that. When you first walk on the ship and that huge, tall pillar, it just that's the that's takes me back to my first experience getting on a cruise ship and seeing that and being like, wow. And, and I want that on on newer ships, even though it may not be practical on some of the new ones, but that's awesome.
0: Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. Um, as we were exploring throughout the place, we came upon an ice rink, which was kind of interesting. I was like, oh, this is something I didn't see on Norwegian. <laughs> and so um, it turned out that that night they were going to have an ice show. So we went. So we already made reservations to do that. We got into our room. Uh, we chose a balcony, which was really great. And we were able to do the, um, uh, what do you call it, the... That thing they that have to do before you go out to see everybody on the, oh, the muster signal. drill. The muster drill. We were able to do that all electronically very quickly. And so cool. so, like basically, we were able to do it while we were in line. When we got on board, we just had to see the person at the muster station, and just show them, hey, I didn't the muster thing, and they were like, Cool, you're good to go. If so we have like to find minutes. a
1: positive in the in the COVID crap that we've gone through. That is one of the positives we can pull from that is the mustard drills have gotten so much better on cruise ships now.
0: For real. (laughs) I will also say that um, while we were going through this process, um, you know, we obviously started to have a few cocktails and things like that, just kind of getting ready for the cruise. And it came upon us really quickly that, you know what? We probably should buy the drink package ahead of time because we already went through like, three banana daiquiri type things right away <laughs> and I was like okay this is going to make much more sense if we if we do this and of course I really wasn't drinking so much as I went f- through the cruise and was like eh, did I make it right choice I'm happy I did it I, I, I am so that was really cool
1: we kind of had a similar experience yep. when we were on was it freedom of the seas yeah,
2: we, um... we
1: were like we don't get the drink we don't drink that much and then like within like a few hours we're like we just ran up a pretty big bill we had one drink each Right, right. Yeah. We, were, we were like we were like doing the math. We're like, uh maybe we should try this drink package thing. And, and for us, it wouldn't always be worth it. But in this in that scenario for us, it was definitely worth it. Well, and it. that
2: was a shorter cruise for us. Was, that was a three night. Yeah. So it wasn't like we were
1: spending like it just removes all the stress and the the math that you have to do, and how much am I gonna owe? Like, I've already paid it. I paid my money, we're done. So that's all awesome.
0: I do want to bring up one other thing too and it may not apply to any of your watchers but it might also uh, my spouse is a smoker okay so finding a comfortable smoking area on some ships is a little bit different because they don't always take into consideration you know this being a social type of situation where a person sits down they smoke they talk to other smokers and things like that um and when we're on when we've been on Carnival and we've been on Celebrity and when we've been on now Royal Caribbean um it's kind of limited it really is quite limited on our ability to socialize because they have such a small area for you to like like maybe four seats that are grouped with each other so the socialization is not really that dynamic as opposed to like when we went on princess uh up in the baltics that was they had a beautiful like area where everybody could sit down in the back of the ship so you weren't disturbing anybody they had its own private bar they had like water and tea and coffee all pretty much ready and then on this one that we went on in december on norwegian they had like two lines like rows of seating where you could talk with people around you or across from you they had a bartender that came from like right nearby who would come over change out the smoker stuff and you know so i just wanted to bring that up because i know sometimes there are people who are really quite anxious to smoke especially when they get onto a ship and they don't have a lot of outlets so it just felt like a much more comfortable thing on some other ships i've been on and i'm hoping that the feedback we provided to both carnival and to royal caribbean and celebrity will help with that in the future
1: i noticed when we were on the holland america ship that they had a smoking section in an area where it i felt like it was a good space for it because it was that it was a kind of area where if we were with a smoker we could have interacted with them in a comfortable space for us and for them And it wasn't, yeah, they didn't feel like they were like shoved to the side and outcast, but at the same time, um, their smoke wasn't like interfering with other people that didn't want to smell it. So it was, it was a good, I think, I felt like it was a good compromise. Yeah. It was,
2: it was a big open space in the back of the ship. And there was also like the pool and the bar. Like it was, it was in that space, but it was like on one side of that. Instead of just like
1: being. You know, just like part of the walkway on the outside, or something. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing too.
0: Is when you're, is when your smoking section is like right near the pool. In some cases, it becomes an inconvenience for both parties. Um it, But it sounds like, in a way, that this one was very much similar to the the setup for Princess, the Hall in America one. Sounds like it was very much. So by the way, shout out to Mary over in, uh, like, if she's ever watching this, uh, <laughs> she's a big Princess fan,
1: so I appreciate yes. that. She still listens from time to time. Mm,
0: Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So uh later on that night we got a chance to see the ice show, which was amazing. It was based on the season, so it was about an hour long, 45 Mm -hmm. minutes to an hour maybe. And they had both Ukrainian and Russian ice dancers, which were just they were spectacular and they just they made the shows just really special. It was it was a lot of fun.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's a unique thing, I guess, with Royal Car- certain Royal Caribbean ships. But yeah, we went to the ice show on the Freedom and yep. it was, you know, people know I'm not I'm not a big fan of the shows on a lot of the ships, but they're if they do it well and they do it right, I am a big fan and I, I did enjoy the ice show quite yeah. a bit. So absolutely that's cool.
0: That's so then cool. Um, so do you want me to go on to the itinerary of where we well, were? Well let to- me ask you this.
1: Um, <clears throat> the the balcony cabin that you had, would you did it feel like it was um, similar size other ships you've been on a little bigger, a little smaller or.
0: So it was not as big as the one as the Norwegian ship one that we were on this last December, but it seems about comparable to some of the other ones that we've been on before. I, 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 we used to like, we used to do ocean view and we're like, nope, never again. <laughs> from this point on, it's <laughs> definitely either balcony or, in fact, I think I have a suite on the group cruise. So,
1: yeah. oh, nice. Yes. I so, yeah. Once you, once on. you go balcony, it's hard to, it's hard to step away from that. Really uh, That's, that kind of, it's, it's definitely a different experience. But yeah, sometimes Royal Caribbean gets knocked a little bit for having smaller cabins. Usually it's Royal Caribbean being compared to Carnival. Uh, it's dependent on the ship. I mean, for me, I, I may notice it when I first walk in, but then after I'm there, I don't notice it anymore. It's not that significant. It doesn't really change my cruising experience. It's still a balcony and I don't really care after the first, like, oh, this is a little bit smaller or this is a little bit bigger. And then after that, I'm like, it's a balcony. I don't care. But uh, but sometimes the balconies will be like you can't stretch your legs out or they are they have lots of leg room. There's differences like that that probably would be a little bit more impactful on certain ships. The Holland America balcony we were on was huge.
2: Yeah, that was a really nice. I loved that it was ship.
1: Exceptionally large, but loved that But ship. I think other people had balconies that were not as big. So yeah, on the same ship. So
2: yeah.
1: So yes, let's jump in because you did not have any sea days, right? Not a single one, and just no like, sea days.
0: Pro tip for your for your listeners: um, when you're booking excursions, you might want to consider what I'm going to say as I go through this, because overbooking can also be your enemy and that's that's where we felt that we were at at one point so our first day uh we we decided to this was the first time we decided to do separate excursions because my partner is much more adventurous than i am and i am much more of the museum and cultural and you know tours around the city and that type of thing uh whereas they're much more of the hey let's like go doing scuba let's let's do ziplining let's do parachuting let's i'm like yeah you enjoy yours your insurance is paid up right okay so um so yeah we so we did that they um they decided they wanted to try and do scuba for the first time um unfortunately they did not have a nose plug and so that caused that experience to be a little bit of a problem for them so but at least it was their first time giving it a shot um during the other parts of the cruise i'll talk to you about some of the snorkeling adventures and things that they did from there For me, um, our first location was on uh, Charlotte Amalie, which is on St. Thomas. Mm. And so once we docked, uh, I was on a tour that was taking me up to the botanical gardens up in the hills. And so that was really quite a lovely view from up there. I got to explore the botanical gardens. Um, I don't necessarily recommend that for people who have um, mobility issues or who are wheelchair bound because it's a lot of going through like, places that are not exactly ADA compliant. Um, but it's good for people who want to like go explore and look at different types of flowers and get an amazing view from the top of a hillside area. So that was really kind of cool too. Um, and then from there we went to the world famous banana daiquiri location that's located <laughs> up in uh, up in the hills area there where I purchased a number of uh, Tortuga rum cakes while I was up there as well. Ooh, yummy. <laughs> yes. It was amazing. I just, i I indulge i had I got a chocolate one, I got a key lime one, and I got a golden rum one, which has like walnuts sprinkled on top of it. It was amazing,
1: oh yeah, you know one time I went on a cruise and I bought a bunch of rum cake cakes for my coworkers as like gifts to bring back, and they were all like they they looked at me like I got them like fruit cake, you know like that kind of like oh rum cake, and I was like. What is wrong with you? Like, rum (laughs) cake is amazing.
2: I didn't get one of those.
1: That was, I think, I don't think you were even working at the aquarium yet. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) I'll buy you a rum cake. Will you? Yes. Thanks. You know, Matt,
0: I hear they ship. I'm just saying.
1: Right, right. Yes. We can get them locally. It's pretty easy to find a rum cake in Florida. But we have gotten rum cakes in uh, Grand Cayman and Mexico. Yep. So, big fan of the rum cake.
0: Absolutely. And so from there, um, I, you know, I was on the I was on a souvenir tour at that point, at the very end, looking for baby spoons, magnets, shot glasses, and postcards. So cool. that was that was my that was my <laughs> long to do thing. And um, when I'm going out on these trips, I look for both souvenirs for people I care for, as well as what I call artifacts, like the things you see behind me here. Um, like at the top there, <clears throat> that's a that's a um, mask from venice along with two oh, cool glass uh figurines from the Murano glass factory below that i have um some stuff from barcelona and then below that i have a couple of things from both stockholm and uh from oslo as well and then at the very bottom i have something from bangkok thailand <laughs> so that's what i consider as far as artifacts i yeah. every time we every time we go on we try to look for one and i'll talk to, the, talk to you about what we did at the very end in puerto rico in order to get a couple of artifacts to take home with us
1: cool so
0: that was st thomas for us that was my first time
1: yes first time in st thomas yep beautiful island
0: and then that evening we went to the main dining hall uh where my partner had the opportunity to try out this vegan menu and it was a three-course vegan menu really filling and specifically prepared for them and so our our waiter and the assistant waiter were aware of our drink preferences as well as everything moving forward it was just chef's kiss quite literally it was amazing <laughs> and that was that was pretty much it for St. Thomas
1: the St. Thomas yep so so this when you I've never seen a cruise that I've I've never actively seen a cruise that didn't have any sea days so that when when we were looking at your cruise today I was looking on shipmate and like looking at that cruise and stuff and I'm like wow oh, no sea days when when you booked that cruise were you like Oh, there's no sea days. Is that something that you thought so, about?
0: Or... So so, I actually did not book this cruise originally. The This cruise is I... like a
1: makeup cruise for... Correct.
0: Yeah. yeah. It, originally, when I booked a cruise, it, this was from March of 2020. Hmm. We were supposed to go to the ABC Islands from Puerto Rico. And so it was going to be like Puerto Rico, then I think a day at sea, then hit ABC Islands, and then another day at sea, and then back over to Puerto Rico. That okay. This one was like, hey... We got you covered. We're gonna we're gonna keep you busy for an entire weekend. And you know what they did, and so it was it was it was insanity as we continued to go on. But I'll explain why in just a second. So as we go through this every single day, I'm waking up at 6 a.m. 7 a.m. and I'm like, you know what? I'm on vacation. This is getting tiring. I'm an old man. I gotta I got I gotta you know I got my gerthall to take. I got I I got stuff I gotta do. And so I you know I just wanted to make it a comfortable thing. So as we start to get into like day four and day five of this we're like okay you know what we're just gonna we're not gonna go like we'll go we'll go we'll go and hit the shopping like at the at the local pier or something like that but we're not really going to invest a lot of time or effort in order to be going for a half day of excursions so
1: sure sure so what was your next port stop
0: next port stop was a combo island it was st Kitts and nevis so Saint Kitts and Nevis. Saint Kitts is where you dock into, and Nevis is the um, sister island where you take a. You can take a ferry there if you want to. It's a lot more jungly and stuff like that. But Saint Kitts is the one that everybody goes to because it's got a few things there. Um, one, it's of course, very, very beautiful. Uh, number two, uh, they have a UNESCO heritage site there, which is called the Brimstone Fort, which is located up in the hillside area where the British col- col- uh, colonization used to happen. And they also have a really lovely former plantation there called the Romney House. And so we got an opportunity to go to all these things through, well, I did on on my, on my excursion. And so I got a lot of panoramic views. I am going to be posting that onto the YouTube channel soon. Uh, I already sent that out through my uh, Facebook, uh, the professor travel facebook site uh so it's like a three minute long video it's actually really digestible so that's totally fine um and then my partner at the same time decided that they wanted to go swim with dolphins and so mm-hmm. that was something they had an opportunity to do there uh really enjoyed that um they got a lot of pictures they got to hug a dolphin and it, this was like an open water area so it's not like, so they don't like keep them in pens or anything like that it was like they just come for the food and stay for the people. So,
1: <laughs> do you know were they Atlantic bottlenose dolphins or were they a different species?
0: I don't know. I'm sorry.
1: That's okay. But the one
0: thing I did see on this excursion, and we'll probably talk about this when we get to the cruise creature, are a very specific kind of bird called egrets. And there was just when I say there were hundreds of egrets, there were hundreds. <laughs> of... These things look like fruit on a tree. It was just amazing. <laughs> So those were, those were, those were really fun and quite beautiful to see. Um, but as I said, you know, uh, the highlight of this island is to, if you're into that is to go to see that UNESCO heritage site up in the hillside, really great, uh, really beautiful. There was a guy with a monkey that was nearby there, uh, the mo- <laughs> monkey in a diaper. I don't know what that was about. Um, you know, you pay him a dollar and you get to have the monkey on you or something like that. So I was like, okay, well, that's not for me, but you know, thanks anyways. Uh, but My partner got like accosted by a monkey and got to, uh, have the picture of course then they had to pay for it so it's like all right well
1: all right <laughs> i hope it was worth
0: it for you that's great um I, but i like you i'm not a big um show person when i go onto the ships i don't like book for shows and stuff like that if there's something that's really like interesting like in like on the norwegian ship that we were on um with the smoking section that we had we got to know the onboard comedian because she would come there and she would smoke and stuff like that so that was an interesting social thing so of course we're going to be wanting to support her so we got tickets to her show and that was adult and um (laughs) very cool and um she recommended another show on the norwegian one and so again we'll talk about that at a different time but for this one we pretty much stuck with it although although I think you guys would have really enjoyed the fact that they had uh, both a Game of Thrones trivia as well as a Harry Potter trivia on board. Mm-hmm. Which is, of course, nice. I know Canberra sails on that one.
1: Yes. No,
2: I can't stand Harry Potter. That's Actually, no reason, I'm wearing a no Harry Potter, Potter shirt here. tonight. Just just yeah, that. because we're the... going to go
1: see the new Harry Potter movie tomorrow. Fantastic
2: Beast. Yes. Secrets of Dumbledore. Yes.
0: Yeah. I don't know what secrets he hasn't already... Divulged in throughout the movies, but we'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day after that, um, we hit the we hit again, again, another combo island. This one is the island of Antigua and its sister mm-hmm. island of Barbuda. And Barbuda, so so it's really so this island has a very interesting history about colonization. And the thing that I think is was fascinating is as I was going through the tour and they were talking to me about this they definitely they this was like the hub for a lot of the British ships that would come into the Caribbean they would come into here because this is where the slave hub was and then they would go to the other islands if they were dropping off things this was a huge sugarcane manufacturing location but there have been people living here since the stone ages uh that okay. came that came over from South America and so they would come they came to antigua rested there and that was that. When colonization started, so did slavery and um, the slaves that were there to harvest the sugarcane were primarily right in Antigua itself. But for those slaves that were deemed more advanced or more skilled, they would go to the island of Barbuda where they would be able to hone their skills, whether it was sewing or cooking, um, gem crafting in some cases. I mean, there were like a lot of different things that would be done over there but it was really much more for skilled uh, labor um the museum that we went to or that i went to there was actually the former um uh like slave auction house Mm. and so it was a it was an interesting it was an interesting uh display into the history of it all um told from the told from the perspective of someone who is um afro-caribbean and so I was very happy that our tour guide was able to tell us a little bit more about that. And she was very knowledgeable, really just a, a wonderful person and had like a lot of things to say about the whole process. So very good. Reno has come for a visit.
1: Re- yes. Reno's come in. Let me ask you this, Scott, and I don't know if you'll know the answer to this or not, but you've just piqued my curiosity because you mentioned that there were indigenous people. What we'll call them indigenous. Cause they were, they came over from South America and, um, when the Europeans got there, did they just enslave those people? Did they drive them out? Like what happened to the, that culture of people?
0: No, they, they, they enslaved them. Um, it was, it was, a, it, was a, it, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was there, there, I mean, there was, there were some struggles between, um, the French occupying the area, the Spanish occupying some of the area, but the British were the ones who ultimately held the area for the, like the longest period of time. And so, um, but here's the thing once the sugarcane started to go out of fashion or once it became cheaper to produce it in other locations the island pretty much you know changed crops all of a sudden and you know that was something that just really wasn't seen as even fashionable anymore um i mean the slavery ended like like in the late 1800s over there but they still gave The people who were part of the community the opportunity to work in sugarcane if that's what they wanted to do but even around the 1950s everything started to change up so now the biggest things that are over in antigua are the tourism industry that's a huge thing there so obviously with the pandemic that was a really hard hit Oh yeah um um, fishing is that is really really big in that industry by the way this was something that was really interesting it is the hottest island in the caribbean like, physically, yeah. it is the hottest and most humid island in the Caribbean. It gets the least amount of rainfall as well, which is interesting.
1: Hmm. I would have guessed uh, the ABCs would have been in that category. I would have thought so, too. Yeah. I feel like they're further south. I know they're very arid environments. So the eco, I wonder if the ecosystem there is more of a desert-type ecosystem then.
0: Possibly, like, but I... If it's,
1: dry, if it's not getting a lot of rainfall, it would almost well it's
0: well they but they had a lot of they had a lot of fruit and they had they still had sugarcane they had like breadfruit that was growing on the trees everywhere yeah
1: yeah. um
0: and they had a lot of um uh what do you call it uh oranges limes lemons things like that so maybe it was it's like citrus. Yeah. And I know citrus does tend to grow well in a, in a desert climate in some cases. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that wouldn't surprise me. Again, this is the information I got from the tour guide. I didn't do yeah. my research on it. So I want, I want to just preface that ahead of time.
1: No, I, I think it's interesting. And I, and it's something that I want to learn more about. I've, I've touched upon some of the history in different Caribbean islands and stuff, but I feel like there's besides, besides pirates, I feel like there's a lot more interesting history that's happened in the Caribbean that, um, that I personally am not really aware of, and I need to educate myself on that. So that's that's fascinating to me.
0: I wish I would. I wish I would have taken a tour that would have given me more information about pirates. I think that would have been something I would have looked forward to. But I was really surprised that each of the islands really had its own unusual dynamic. Everybody was different. There was the cultures were dramatically different. The prices were extraordinarily different in some cases. Um, like for example, in Saint Kitts. When we were there, we asked about the price of gasoline. And they're like, Yeah, it's about sixteen dollars a gallon. I'm like, Ooh. A gallon
2: of gasoline?
0: <laughs> and they're like, Yeah. And so then we go over to Antigua, and Antigua's like maybe like seven dollars a gallon or something like that. But I was like, Oof. I'm you know, we complain about gas prices here in the United States and I'm like With the bicycle. Like that. Yeah, exactly. So so yeah so that was that was our day um on that specific day my spouse went to go swimming with stingrays and so that was something that was interesting on that day and i i asked them how the experience was he was like it was a little bit weird because I didn't want to step on any and it, they were always swimming around your legs and stuff like that. It felt like I was being accosted by portobello mushrooms. And, that yes. was kind of like, <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's a way to look at it. Um, so yeah. It, uh, that's a
1: great way to describe it. It They're really like is. Giant portobello mushrooms <laughs> is, is a very accurate way to describe them. Have do, you do, ever been attacked you know. by portobello oh, yeah. mushrooms? Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, so,
0: So that was that day. And then the next day, um, my partner tapped out. (laughs) They were like, I can't do any more touring this early. I'm on vacation. I just don't need this. (laughs) So I'm just going to chill in the (laughs) casino for the rest of the day. And I'm like, okay, you do that. I have a tour planned. So the next day, I went to the island of St. Lucia. And St. Lucia was really quite lovely. Um, The the location there is called uh, Castries, I think. Um, it's a it's a pretty crowded community and they're really quite lovely. They actually have two Nobel laureates uh, who were buried up in up the hillside that came from uh, the island of St. Lucia. Um, and I, we ended up going into the hillside area, that's where it was rainy. Uh, it got a little bit rainy. but when we got in, when I got into the hillside, I should say, I had a very specific tour. This was the one tour I did not want to skip out on no matter what. I got to make chocolate from scratch.
2: Ooh, oh, nice! The so, and the, uh, all yep, the...
0: exactly. So I go. To, so I go to this place. <clears throat> it's high in the hillsides. It's got. A, it's all covered. So we didn't have to worry about the. We didn't have to worry about the. We didn't have to worry about all of the. Or I didn't have to worry about all of the rain. But it's a beautiful view from on top of the hill. I'm going to post that video next, so everybody will have access to that. Um, but yeah, when you go into this area, there it's like a classroom. You know, you have the the instructors there. You have these three ingredients in front of you. And that's pretty much it. You have this pretty much like almost like coffee grounds and that's the cacao beans mm-hmm. that have basically been broken up. That's it. Um, so it's not, it's not really finely broken, but it's a little bit broken up. Then you have cocoa butter. And then mm-hmm. for the purposes of this, they actually got granulated sugar. Whereas normally mm-hmm. it would be like sugar cane that you would put in this. Okay. And then they brought the, and this was us doing this from scratch. So I mean, literally we had a pestle and they brought us a hot mortar and they put it in front of us and they're like, OK, don't touch the don't touch the mortar because you're going to get burnt. <laughs> but they gave us aprons and all kinds of stuff. So we put the three ingredients in and we just start cranking it out. And let me tell you, this is like this was really good. So I got I got my workout for the day just mixing up chocolate. And so nowadays they obviously have machinery to do that. But we they wanted us to have the real experience. So I'm like, OK, great. And we got to try you a burn all the of-
1: calories and then, you get, you know, you can enjoy right? it, guilt free. exactly
0: i thought of it that's genius actually and so um but before that before we got started they cracked open the cacao pod and they said you know you know you can actually suck on the cacao beans themselves and they kind of taste like citrusy and stuff like Mm -hmm. that it was Mm -hmm. it was actually really an interesting experience have you guys done that before
2: a little bit when we went to um the dr we did the the monkey thing and on our way back we stopped at what they call it flavors of Dominican or something like that. And yeah. it was like a little plantation thing where they showed us the, how they make the coffee and stuff and they passed around, but
1: it wasn't as hands on. Like, no, we no, didn't no. Get they, to crush it. We didn't, didn't get to do the process. But they, they but,
2: showed us the different steps yeah. and they passed around like the different pieces. So you could try all yeah. of them. Yeah.
0: I think it was really great. They actually end up like, I'm, I'm mystified, but I'm turning this powdery substance into like liquid all of a sudden. And it's like, <laughs> it's the miracle of chemistry and I was like so sure, proud really? of myself. <laughs> so then they, I got to pour it into a mold. I, I filmed that. So that'll go up on YouTube soon. And so um, then we just wait about 20 minutes for the mold to harden. And then they, then we wrap it ourselves. We put it in our own packaging. And then we have our own customized candy bar. We they gave us the opportunity to add some stuff at the end, so you could add cinnamon if you want if you like cool. that. Uh, I added sea salt to mine, so that was kind of a sea salt and chocolate, dark chocolate it was really kind of cool. It was amazing. I picked up a, I supported the local economy by picking up a lot of chocolate while I was there. So
1: <laughs> well done, well done. Thank sir. You. <laughs> you know, I, I I feel
0: it's my duty as a person that's traveling.
1: Absolutely, so. it is. Yes,
2: that sounds like a fun excursion. That
1: sounds amazing. That it's sounds so fun. I want to do that. Yeah, right. That sounds really
0: <sighs> highly, great. highly, highly recommend that. And
2: Definitely.
1: I think Todd was saying that they make the the tea out of the the shells. Which we, we we bought some of that, and we never and made Combo. it. We still have it though. Yeah,
2: we it's should. Sealed. We should. Do I that. forgot
1: that until Todd. Said I know. That, Me so. too. Yes,
2: I think I know what we're doing tomorrow morning: <laughs> cereal and Sheltie. <laughs> <laughs> Sheltie's a dog, actually. Yeah, it. <laughs> again, <laughs> it's really.
1: Before we get to the next um, place, I'm I'm curious about one thing, and this is kind of about all your stops, really. But yeah. um, I've only the only island I've been to that you visited, other than like I said, Puerto Rico, is uh, Saint Thomas. And one of the things that strikes me that's interesting about st thomas is that it's got a lot of elevation there's a lot of like small mountain type uh elevation there where are all these islands do they all have that sort of elevation or some of them more flat
0: let me think about that for a second because st thomas definitely was st Kitts definitely had elevation to it because we went like super super high on that one um Antigua, Antigua. At least where we were at in Antigua, it was relatively flat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but that just may have been where I was at. Um,
1: okay.
0: I know Saint Lucia. We were definitely in the hills. Or I, was, I keep saying we. I was definitely in the hills. I ca- I gotta remember. I'm separating myself from my partner <laughs> at this point because they're doing their thing. I'm doing my thing. Um, the next three islands, or uh, I should say, the next two islands, uh, Barbados and Saint Martin. I. I didn't have a lot of experience in because again we would just went locally to the shops and that was pretty much yeah. for those ones. But okay. yeah. yeah, I mean that was that was pretty much. And then we went back to Puerto Rico after that and stayed in like Old San Juan, which was amazing. And I have a couple oh. of artifacts to share with that as far well, as
1: Old San Juan. I, I have to say to you about the rain. Uh, the first time I went to Puerto Rico. We went to the El Yunque rainforest. Mm. And when we got back, we were talking to people on the ship that stayed in Old San Juan. And they were like, it rained the whole time. And the irony was, we went to the rainforest and it didn't rain. <laughs> they what? stayed out of the rainforest. And they got stoked.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. Was it the time of year that you went? I mean, like, I don't know. No, I
1: mean, the rainforest is kind of a cloud forest. So there was, it was like wet, but it just wasn't, it's so high up, it just didn't get the storms they got the storms <laughs> we had we had a typical day in the rainforest they had a rainy day <laughs> so it's just kind of it was kind of fun in an, in an ironic way but um
0: <laughs> so yeah i guess my my pro tip on the, on an excursion or on a cruise like this where you have absolutely packed 100 no no at sea days just be mindful of those, of those things, you know, don't, maybe it's, maybe it's wise not to pre book all your excursions because you can't really get refunds in a lot of cases if you're Mm -hmm. too close to those dates. And then it just becomes a whole nightmare. If if that, if that's the case. So like for the last two islands for Barbados and St. Martin, it's like, we got off the ship. So at least we could say we put our feet down, Mm -hmm. got some souvenirs, went right back (laughs) enjoyed the casino it was fantastic like i mean we we had fun in the casino we got ranked which is important for us because we're we're gamblers um and then uh the last the last day we get off early uh, in uh, puerto rico uh we get driven up to our location which is an old convent that's been turned into a hotel and it's right next to a catholic church And it was just, it was stunning. Like the rooms were like, I I can't even describe it. Okay. It is I have been to, I've been to over 30 countries. I've stayed at many, many, many different hotels before. This is the, by far the one with the tallest ceilings I have ever seen. Mm -hmm. So, so the room was probably about, I don't know, maybe a good, like on the, on the ground level was probably like, I don't know, maybe 250 square feet. It was really nice, oh. comfortable. But then looking up, the the ceilings are 20 feet high. Off wow. The, wow. I was like, are you kidding me? I am like, how do you even <laughs> clean
1: that? It's crazy.
0: <laughs> but we also, so I, I decided that I wanted to explore a little bit from there. Um, where we were located at was right next to the San Juan Fort. So I could go, like, walked about 500 feet down to the actual fort, like, door. Went out and I was able to, like, walk all the way around the fort side it was just
2: it was just that the fort we went to well there's
1: like i think three forts at least two or three forts in puerto rico i think the one he was at is a different one than the one we went to okay
0: according to the sign that i read there the the san juan gate which is the one that i was located at uh this is where dignitaries would come over in Mm -hmm. this like the 1600s and 1700s and they would enter through the dock here and go to like the local churches and things like that and and like a governor's mansion which is like located right up the area there so it was kind of really nice yeah um but yeah i we were we were that far away from i guess you would call it umbrella street which is where like the umbrellas but they had the whole thing decked out in like these pink flamingo type things that were hanging from the from there so it wasn't the umbrellas that were hanging but it was something similar
1: sounds
2: better than the flags that we saw
1: yeah we saw like the the olympic I was, so I was so disappointed. I was so looking exciting. forward to the Umbrella Street. Yeah, I know. And it just wasn't. It was, it was a little disappointing, but
0: but there were definitely some vegan options there for my for my spouse, which was great. And we found an art shop where I wanted to sh- I want to share. This is show and tell now. I want to share a couple of my artifacts I picked up. This was done by a local artisan. Um,
1: oh, that's so you can beautiful. see it. That's it's cool. Like
0: a really quite lovely vase done in Puerto Rico. And then also got this as well. I'm not sure if you can see this.
1: Oh, oh, nice. Oh, I, I like it. I like it. I can't tell what's on the side, though. It's It looks like the it's the rainbow Puerto Rico, like rainbow flag. Yeah, it's
0: like the rainbow flag that was done up for like a door, and then on the sides, these are like okay. just exposed like brick.
1: Like brick. Okay. Okay. Oh, cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see it now. That's really cool. That's beautiful.
0: So I just like it's the second myself and my partner saw that, we we're like, that's ours. We're it's getting it.
1: Perfect. Here. Yes. Yes. So,
0: so we got our fix. We were good. Had a great time. We'll high So
1: <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I love the Like I said, the first time I went to Puerto Rico, I went to El Yunque, the rainforest. It was cool. It was beautiful. But the, the other two times I've been to Puerto Rico, just walked around old San Juan and wow, what, What a magical place that is and just just a beautiful city. And we went into like we went into like different art galleries there. I I love it when you can go. I I hate going to a port and you see the same crap that I see in like John's Pass and Madeira Beach here by me with just the name San Juan Puerto Rico printed on it. Like I want to see artists, local artisan stuff that people in Puerto Rico like I want what they do, like that pottery you've got. And so like that to me is is what I'm looking for when like I go coconut we got. Yeah, like the, the coconut that we got. That's that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I feel like you can that San Juan is a place where you can really get that authentic cultural experience, which is really cool.
0: I was very impressed. I would definitely go back in a heartbeat. There was yeah. it was just so fun it's and a week in, nice. in
1: Puerto Rico easily
0: yeah i told oh absolutely i could and so like but i mean we've got we got so many other trips planned our next one coming up we're flying into athens greece Hmm. and we're going to be doing a greek cruise um on the norwegian jade that's going to be coming up in august and then we're going to touch we're just going to touch base we're just going to touch down in turkey um oh fun fact about that it was originally booked for a seven day cruise. And then we got a response back from Norwegian saying, I'm sorry, we've had to modify your cruise. It's now a nine day cruise. And your two <laughs> day additional days are, at, are like free of charge. I'm like, How unfortunate. done. Unfortunate. Right? I know. The drum and all. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the only yeah, drum I had, I had to call up to you know, like the airlines and re- rebook my stuff. But that was pretty much it.
1: So. That's awesome. So, so let me just, cause, cause that puts me in a whole nother rabbit hole there because like, just brings me back to like my art history classes and stuff. But, um, but let me ask you this because this was because you live in California, so this yeah. was your first Caribbean cruise. Um, how do you how did the Caribbean stack up for you compared to Europe, compared to California, and all the places that you have cruised? I will say this question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
2: I literally wrote that question. Did you?
0: I'm sorry. Well, Kimbra, um, I would say,
1: <laughs> thank you for asking, Kimbra. Yeah,
2: um, anytime. So,
1: <laughs> a great mad impression. It's, it's uncanny.
0: <laughs> so my preference is for cities and the culture involved in a lot of cities. So for me, Europe does definitely tend to draw my attention more. I mean, like my favorite places in the world are like Barcelona and Paris and Venice and London. But with in St. Petersburg, Russia, which I guess I guess you can't go to right now. Um the, I mean again, just amazing cities. But that being said, I will say that I think I had a better time in the Caribbean over the last over the last month than I did when I was in Hawaii in August.
2: Oh. Wow. Okay. So. That's high. That's high marks. There so you're excited to go back to the Caribbean next March.
0: I am ecstatic i wish there was something that everybody could do how would they do that i wish that i i wish they knew someone who could like book travel for them
2: huh yeah that'd be cool (laughs) here let me throw up this banner what about
1: what about your what about your partner though did he what was because he's more he's more into doing the stuff that like kimber and i do yep it sounds like what was what were his impressions of the caribbean
0: they were just blown away they were like i could totally do in fact i will quote them as saying they said they could they would totally do the island life they could see themselves just retiring on the beach and that would be exactly what they'd want to do so i'm like well we have to rearrange our portfolio but yes we could probably do
1: that
2: (laughs) if we
0: wanted to um,
2: so, See, yeah you're gonna you're love gonna
1: love the group cruise. He's gonna love the group cruise. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say it, he's not not scuba certified, right?
0: He is not. No, but he I still- suppose we. But I suppose we can look to do that because, we, like, r- I'm right off Long Beach, California here, and ca- so there's an island that's right off the coast here called Catalina Island,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Catalina has um, something called CIMI, which is the Catalina Island Marine Institute. And they, they do different types of like things over there. They'll, I mean, you, you can do all kinds of scuba certifications, like from Newport Beach and Long Beach and Huntington Beach and Laguna Beach, all of them up, up and down the coast here. But it's only out in the Catalina area where you kind of get that real experience. I remember doing that in the eighth grade, and I did. that was when I first started snorkeling, and I had the opportunity to see the wildlife, and I could see billions of plankton around me and i got to see my first whale and that was like we got humpbacks over here so
1: awesome.
0: yeah so it was a lot, so it's a lot of fun but yeah i i can tell you that they are definitely and in fact they will probably want to reach out to you more about uh how to figure out how to purchase the appropriate scuba equipment in fact i think oh, you guys really? had a podcast on that not that long ago we did
2: snorkel stuff um yeah I, so i was gonna say if if kevin's interested in getting certified um I'm pretty sure that at least in Grand Cayman, we're probably going to do a dive, and I think, I think that would be a dive that he would really enjoy.
1: Because it's like if if you get certified in California, diving in the Caribbean is like super easy because you don't have to wear a wetsuit and it's a lot shallower. Well, I don't know about the depth in California, but it's shallow diving. In Grand Cayman, but that
2: was um, my first wild dive, and I can't wait to go back. Yeah. You have to but
1: even, but even just or? snorkeling and stuff too. Like we're gonna try and mix it up on a group oh yeah, years, but we're definitely. gonna definitely do some snorkeling and stuff. So uh yes, he will have he'll have a blast. Yeah. But if he has questions, you know, we love to talk about that stuff. So and then, and that goes for anybody else. If you have questions about snorkeling gear, scuba diving gear, or just the experiences, um, we are planning on someday getting around to doing a new, updated, fantastic guide to snorkeling. Uh, but if you have questions about that stuff, please, please, please reach out. Uh, either go to the Fantastic Cruising Community on Facebook, just shoot us an email, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. We love talking about that stuff. So you are not bothering us, you are just making our, our day. So please talk to us about that. We, we enjoy it. Yeah.
2: So before we get into the the cruise creature, oh, I just yeah. I just want to mention that all week Matt has been saying we need to write down questions for Scott. We need to write down questions, <laughs> and I kept saying why. He's gonna do just fine. Well,
1: I know, but I just I just I needed that sort of structure to exist. So I, knew I wouldn't reference it, but I needed so, it to exist. So
2: my questions consisted of, what cruise did you go on? And what was your itinerary? And And I'm like, that was enough. Like, all we have to say is, what'd you do? Go. <laughs> That's the, that is the pleasure of, of
1: having a guest like you on the podcast because you do your own podcast, which we should also uh, definitely promote that. Uh, go and check out the Professor Travel. You have a YouTube channel. You have a Facebook group. Or page right, page, um, you yeah. have TikTok, mm-hmm. um, all the things and stuff, which uh, we need to make
2: sure that we. I don't know if we have that link in. I don't. I started to do it, but I didn't want to search for it. That was me being lazy. <laughs> you know what? If they
0: go, if they go to the YouTube page that has all the links on it. Yes. There you
2: go. Go to his YouTube.
1: <laughs> so look for the Professor Travel and check out all of this stuff. We he's interviewed us a couple times, and uh, but also it's not just cruising. He does all sorts of travel, all sorts of places, even states in the United States.
2: I've been on there all by myself once. Oh, I appreciate it. And in, fact, in fact, I would
0: like to call out, you know, to Mallory, to Tony, uh, the Traveling Gilbert's. They've all been great about highlighting the different states that they've been in, as well as you guys both. Uh, so I really appreciate that. Thank
1: you. So, yes. Yeah, so go check it out. Cause uh, yes. So many great guests, so many great ex- things you can learn about. Uh, it's just a, great experience all around so definitely want to highlight that and um you want to do the cruise
2: creature I do okay are you ready let's hit it okay we'll do that all right it's time and the cruise creature is the snowy egret so Matt always asks, well, we, but Matt specifically this time, um, asks our guests if they have a cruise creature in mind. And Scott sent over a picture that Matt is working on. No, more. <laughs> so
1: yeah. got did it. that do it?
2: that do Okay. I got it. I okay. Got it we got it. We got it. Um, sent a picture. And so first thing, Scott, did you know that this is a snowy egret or did you just know that it was an egret?
0: I believe they did say it was a snowy egret.
2: Okay because I'm curious. Did you know on your own or they told you that's what it Are was? Are we sure it's a story that, I'm pretty sure it's. A you're story pretty sure. Either.
1: I mean, it looks like it from the from this Based on the picture that I saw. Currently uploading <laughs> into the gallery and I will put it there right There you go. In.
0: Look at that tree. That's a very healthy tree.
1: That is a healthy tree. That is yes. a healthy tree
0: with a lot of birds in it.
1: Yes. That is not a partridge in a pear tree. That is a, a <laughs> that is a flock of not seagulls, but of uh, which doesn't actually exist, but of of snowy egrets in a tree.
2: Well, even if they're not snowies, we decided that they are. They look um like So that's our that's our uh, cruise creature because we haven't done it yet, and um, that's what I slightly researched. I would
1: say that is probably my favorite egret too.
2: I would also say that that's probably they're my favorite. really
1: like I, I like all the egrets, but. There's the some, snowies are really just there's so, just something so about what
2: it. I like about the snowies is they have so it is a it is a white bird so herons and egrets look very similar but the egrets are white um unless it's a white great blue heron and then it's white but that doesn't count so um the egrets so there's like the the snowy egret the great egret and the cattle egret I'm sure there's other egrets, but those are the ones that I know. Those are the ones in
1: Florida. Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, so those are the ones that matter in this podcast. Um, but the snowy egret is smaller than the great egret, and it's got yellow legs and feet. So that's how you can tell it apart from the other egrets, well, it has, unless it's a juvenile.
1: Well, has, as adults, they don't have yellow
2: legs. They just have yellow feet. That's right. Yes. Black legs, yellow feet.
1: Like they've been walking in the yellow snow.
2: Yes. Unless they're juveniles, and then they are a little more grayish because they haven't turned yellow yet. Yeah. Um, but they're to me, they're a little more floofy. Okay. Cause they have I'll like give you that. yeah, they they look a little more floofy. Like the others are very sleek and whatever, and the snowies just look a little more floofy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. Floofy. Um they, they're, they're
0: plumaged out.
2: Yes. They
1: are. Yes. Yes.
2: Um, so they actually, when was it that they were they were actually um
1: late 1800s like and in, into the early 20th century. So like up to about 1910.
2: Yeah, they used to um be captured and I guess killed. killed. Were they killed? Oh yeah, they were killed. killed. Yeah. Um, they for were,
1: they weren't caught, they were murdered.
2: They were murdered, okay. <laughs> for their uh, breeding plumage, for ladies' hats, because they were that Floofy. Well, and during
1: mating <laughs> season, they get they get these extra fluffy feathers. Yes. And so those were the ones that they were really going after, and it became very stylish, especially in Europe, to get these feathers. So there was there was some outrage, even believe it or not, even in the the late 1800s, early 1900s, about them being dec- their populations being decimated. Um, so it became illegal to kill them, but. There was still a demand for it in Europe and it was kind of hard to police. So they were still hunted illegally for a while beyond that. And then eventually they got the protection that they
2: deserved. So they're doing just fine now.
1: Well, they didn't at first, they, their populations were coming back and then they had, they had issues with like wetlands, habitat loss. But now
2: I say right now they're doing doing, fine.
1: They're doing pretty good. Yeah. So so there's a you know, I I have to teach about conservation all the time, which I have mixed feelings about because I think conservation is super important. But I also don't want to just spend my life depressing people. So I I love conservation success stories because it gives people hope and makes people go, oh, maybe we can change these other things. And this is a conservation success story. So uh, the snowy egret. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, they're found. um, They're found like all throughout Florida and the Caribbean and some of Texas, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, Mexico, new, yeah, Mexico area. I looked at a map earlier. Huge range. Yes, they're all over the place. Um, Kind of year round. There are a couple areas that they're only there at certain times a year, but for the most part, they're in most of those areas all year round.
1: We see them in Florida year round. They're Florida year round.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, They eat. Like little fish, little crabs.
1: Fish, crabs. They'll go after lizards, um, insects, anything small that's meat. Yeah. So any any living thing that's small, they will go after. Yeah.
2: Um. What did I read earlier? They've fa- they have found fossils like dating back yeah. to um, the Ice Age. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is really cool.
1: Yeah. So, the tree that you saw makes me think that they were. Um, they were starting probably like a a mating or or nesting season. season. So down there, it's probably a little earlier. In Florida, we're kind of coming into that time right about now, actually. And then over the next month or so into May um, is where you'll see a lot of our native birds in Florida that are nesting. And they will will flock together, uh, different species and everything in these areas. And they will congregate and just hundreds of birds like you're describing um, will stick will stick together. And there's there's reasons that they do this. And it's a lot of it has to do with just they want to ensure the, the best odds for their hatchlings or their baby birds to survive. Because the more you have together, the less you have to worry about predators like raccoons and things that can climb into the trees. They also love nesting above alligators, uh, not not where you saw them, of course, because there are no alligators there. Maybe, maybe no, but they were alligators.
0: mongooses there, though. That was oh, so mo- yes, yeah, <laughs> so those were interesting, just-
1: though. Yeah, so yeah. those. I don't know how uh, mongooses <clears throat> probably can't climb. I don't know if they can climb trees. Actually, that, but
0: I don't. I don't think they can because they were saying that was one of the reasons that. And I'm just now remembering it from the from the tour, and they're saying, yeah, they actually had a mongoose problem, and that's why a lot of the egrets have gone up in the like the trees.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they get they can get away from those predators. Um, with the alligators, it's great because the alligators are down at the bottom and raccoons are not like real anxious to climb across alligators to get to a bird. So it gives them an extra sense of protection. If a bird falls out of the nest, then the alligator gets paid. But and alligators are even known to put sticks on their on their rostrums, on their snouts intentionally to lure birds who are very, very, very. Uh, Willing to take risks to get sticks sticks are at a premium to build during nesting season And they will come down to get those sticks and the alligator gets a little snack, but um, so
2: speaking of those sticks Yes um, The the males actually start building the nest and then the females kind of hang out there While the males go and get all the sticks give them to the females to continue making the nest I did not know that. Yes, that's
1: cool Very nice good teamwork there, right?
2: I did. I did my research on our way to Total Wine to get my wine.
1: (laughs) But that's a cool cruise creature and one that you can see um, again in Florida and other places, but definitely one to look for in the Caribbean. Yep. Very nice.
2: How'd I do? You did great. Thank you. You did great.
1: (laughs) Bravo, Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's, it's what's what I love about Kimbra, and there's so much I love about Kimber, but one of the things I love about Kimbra is like when we first started dating, like she was kind of like, eh, birds, eh, eh, you know, whatever. I don't really know if I like them that much. But she has since gotten a passion for birds to the point where her bird identification skills have surpassed my bird identification skills. And within just a couple of years, and now when we go out hiking to take pictures or whatever, or even just walking, like, in the parking lot to get to work, she's IDing birds that I don't even know what they are. And she's just like, that's a blah, 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 and that's a blah, blah, blah. So that's, I think, really, really cool.
0: Now, if only we can get her to love, like, crows and ravens, I think we'd make a really major step there. Right? Right?
1: Right? And they're so smart. You know
2: what? I'm okay with grapples. Okay,
1: ish. It's a baby step. Crows are like one of the coolest birds out there. I mean, and yeah, they're like so smart. They're so freaking smart.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm uh sorry. I'm looking at my one particular bird book, bird book, because I'm hoping that there's a fun fact that we didn't talk about. So I'm gonna let you talk while I read this.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, well, let's. While she's doing that, Scott. Um, any final thoughts about this cruise?
0: I just think it's it was so much fun this was a great opportunity to really experience it again the couple things i would say number one if you're vegan uh please make sure to look into that before you go on the cruise uh number two if you're a smoker uh, make sure that the locations are to your liking on a cruise um and if you do decide to go with a cruise with no sea days Um, be prepared be prepared to wake up early just like work every single day and um, it can be very rewarding it is it is an opportunity of a lifetime but then when you get back to work the next week you might be a little exhausted that's the only thing to consider
1: you need like a vacation from your your vacation. vacation
0: exactly yes
1: yes and i am the type of person that i would have been like let's go let's go let's go let's go every day and that would have been bad Um, although it would have been good, but it would have been bad because I would not have been able to control myself. I would have gone and done this stuff every day. And then I would have been exhausted. That's one of the things I love about cruising is it forces me to relax. And I wouldn't do that if I had a port day every day, but that is, but that is awesome because you got to go to so many cool islands. And that's one of the advantages about sailing out of Puerto Rico is that you're already in that Southern Caribbean area. Like if you sail out of Florida, you've got to usually go on a fairly long cruise to get to those islands and you're not going to get to go to that many of them. That's a really good reason to go to Puerto Rico.
2: I found my, my exciting fact that's that's different in this book than what I've read anywhere else.
1: All right, let's hear it.
2: All right. So they do something called canopy feed. So they open their wings above the water so that it's like shaded. And when the fish, fish come over to the shade, they get them.
1: So they're a little shady.
2: I mean, they cause a little shade. <laughs> have you seen them do that? Um, yeah, I him. feel like we've have We see them a lot kind doing a like the... Like they put their... um Nose? it's not what it's called. Beak. Beak. <laughs> In the water, and they like kind of shift it around, or they use their feet and kind of mm. like.
1: will stir up the. Yeah, stir up yeah. and make
2: things like come up out of them. But I the, don't know if we've seen the shade thing I've or not. I've seen
1: uh, tricolors and little blues do that.
2: Yes, I've definitely they, seen they that. They
1: will do that as well, and they'll make a, a shady spot. And the fish go, Oh, a shady spot. And then they get, eaten. I'm, it is a little shady.
2: It is really. Um, I'm not going to find a fact out of each book, but that is a fact out of one of them.
1: <laughs> great job. Great job. That was, Thanks. that was, that was a good job. Yeah. That's great. Okay, cool. Well, listen, Scott, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and I always a lot of fun to talk to you and uh, really looking forward to cruising with you guys um next year and uh yeah it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be fantastic as they say
2: fantastic and thank you
0: both (laughs) for setting that up it's really appreciated
1: absolutely all right should we should we take us out sure
2: on that note it's time to head for the horizon and until next time seize the day
1: have a fantastic week everybody All right, and we're back in the room uh, for the after the credits portion of the podcast. And l- let me just say, um, for those of you that don't know Scott, Scott is not just our, he's so, hes our people in so many ways. <laughs> and, uh, and one of those ways is that he is a big geek like we are. He's a D&D guy. He is a and d guy.
2: I think guy. that's
1: cool. I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, we, there's even talk we may play a little Dungeons and Dragons with Scott. For those of you out there that don't know what D and D is, I feel like if you listen to this podcast, even if you don't know what D and D is, you probably know at, at this point. At yeah. least what is stand what the D and the D stands for. But. Uh, <laughs>
2: Dog and.
1: Dragons. Dogs and dragons. No. Dogs and
0: dragons. That sounds like a great. That sounds like a great podcast. Dogs but, and dragons.
1: It sounds like a furry campaign to me. I don't know.
2: <laughs>
0: But I, I I I fall into multiple geek camps. I mean, I love anything fantasy. I, Game of Thrones is an example. I love Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, Disney. Like I'm seven miles from Disneyland here, so dogs and
2: Disney, dogs and Disney. Oh my gosh, <laughs> done and done. Uh, but yeah, I, I I grew I grew up
0: on D I love it. It's fantastic. It's fantastic.
1: It's fantastic. And well, Doctor
0: yeah. Who. Doctor Who is another one. Yes.
1: So. You were a Doctor Who fan before it came back out?
0: Um, No. Actually, my partner introduced me to Doctor Who. I never watched Doctor Who until they introduced me, and I introduced them to Star Trek.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. We are currently working our way through Deep Space Nine. We watched all of Next Generation. Oh, my gosh. Now now she's going through Deep Space Nine. And I keep saying, do you still like Next Generation more? Because I I love both of those shows, but I do – love deep space Nine a little bit more <laughs> and we're getting into the the like second to last season and i'm like every time we watch an episode i'm like oh my gosh i love this show so much there I is w-
0: one of my favorite episodes of deep space nine you may be coming up on soon are, are you guys already in the dominion war type stuff? oh yeah oh yeah
2: okay. we're, at, we're on season six <clears throat> we're
1: at the end okay. of season six yes
0: um you may have already seen it then i don't know i don't want to spoil it if you have so um i want to say it's I think it's called like under the deadly moon or something like that. And it's pretty much just about Cisco reading to his um, captain's log and about some really shady stuff he's doing. We,
2: that's we the last just, episode we watched. We just oh watched my gosh. Yeah.
0: It was one of my favorite episodes. And Garrick
1: is yes. amazing in that episode. Yes. Yes. yes.
2: Um, I really liked the the Ferengi episode that was on a few episodes before that. Where like all the Ferengis like got together and tried it's to like save Moogie. Yeah. It's
0: like the Ferengi Magnificent Seven. So it yes,
2: was it yes, was yes. it was horrible, yes. but it was wonderful. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. So so yes, but I was I've so I've always liked Star Trek and and I like Star Wars, but but I've always was a Doctor Who fan, but like from the fourth Doctor, like I'm a Tom Baker Mm. doctor I, and so, i like some of the other older ones as well and then when it came back out i was really excited which i i am I'm, I'm behind several seasons now but i really enjoy doctor who quite a bit um, the
0: one the one that got me invested in the most recent doctor who is an episode that was under uh, david Tennant's run called what's it called it it's like a one-word thing like oh it blink and it's just okay. talk, it's where they introduce the Weeping Angels. The Weeping Angels,
1: yes.
2: Yeah, she has only like...
1: seen a couple episodes of old Doctor Who, so she we still have that. We still have to introduce her to that. But yes, the, swe- the Weeping Angels are creepy. Oh, they're horrifying. <laughs> they are awesome.